Welcome to IDIQ Labs, the podcast where we deep dive under a microscope and explore the ever-changing landscape of personal and financial wellness. Brought to you by IDIQ, an industry leader in identity theft protection and credit monitoring products. We got another exciting episode today, so let's get started. Uh, Today, we are going to be talking about um, recession and being resilient in a recession. Uh, Maybe we could start this off by talking a little bit about why recession is even a topic right now. Like what what are the triggers that could cause a recession? Um, Why did it all of a sudden pop up on us? And we could talk about that forever. (laughs) <laughs> we could, we could, but there's been some. Because we'll have our opinions. Well, I, I think That's a lot true. of people are feeling it right now. You know, yeah. cost of living has uh, been tough for some time. Um, just go to the gas pump, and you can see that. But um, you know, there's been a little bit of a housing squeeze. Stock market's been a little unstable. I mean, there's just a lot of variables right now. What was the first recession you? I was in there? the 07, 08 um, housing crisis, which. And Come on, man. Turned we know it. you're a little older than that. What yeah. <laughs> tell, tell us about the internet 19, tech bubble. Let's, let's talk about the tech bubble. 1908. <laughs> well, the one that impacted me the most was uh, was the 0708 one. And uh, I was in the mortgage industry at the time. And, you know, overnight it felt like it just came down and crashed. And people just... It wasn't. It was something you can ease into. And, you know, maybe filter funds here to there and, and try to offset some things. It happened literally overnight. And, you know, one of the things I started looking at was, you know, where can I grab money from to save, you know, the house? Um, and then ultimately doing my research, it just came down to just, just some of the things weren't able to be sustained. Um, and you had to make some tough decisions. So um, I remember that clearly. I mean, it was like it was yesterday. So what drove that, that recession? Well, I mean, it, without getting into too much detail on the, the mortgage crisis, but... 45 minutes. Okay. <laughs> as, as, as I recall it, they were, they were taking loans and, and parsing them into pieces and selling them into different um, vehicles so people could invest into So those. the banks really drove that recession. They really did. Yeah. Uh, bad loans. I mean, they were doing stated income. Um, there, there was just a lot of bad things that were going on in lending. and um, Interest only. I.O. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, the arms. The, yeah. the, the arms were Did there. Did you have an arm loan? No. Have you? Have no. You no. Me neither. I was too scared. Yeah. yeah. But the I, balloon. My, my first loan was in, on a, on a home was in 2010. So I was, I was scared, for, scared for good reason. <laughs> well, I learned a lot. You came yeah. in at a good time yeah. though. I mean, 2010 was a nice time to get back into the market after the, after 07. The rates, yeah. were, rates were down pretty good. Values were This always adjusted. turns into a podcast on how Rick's made the right choices. <laughs> I, no, I completely tell, so, tell us about all your investments. <laughs> I completely lucked into that right choice. <laughs> Rick's made the right choices. No, I eat out way too much, man. What are you talking about? I That's a terrible choice. <laughs> he was waiting. Yeah. So what did, I mean, specifically, so we, we ended up, I, I did get married around that same time and my wife had a house. And so we ended up short selling that house. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like the big, the big hit for us during that time. Um, there was a lot of things going on. Like my career at the time was not great for a reset. It was not recession proof by any means because it was in the transportation industry, which is heavily dependent on consumer spending. And when consumer spending goes down, that's one of the first industries that goes down because there's not as much stuff to move around. Right. Um, so it was definitely tough 
it was definitely tough for me. Um, but yeah, so our, our big hit, thankfully the, the worst thing that happened to us was we had to short sell a house. Um, had to live with my parents for a little while. It was, we actually switched yeah. between my parents and my wife's parents because I, either they could only take so much of us or we could only take so much of them. <laughs> that was probably the hardest part. It was, yeah. it was tough. Yeah. 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 We did that for a few months too. We, we did short sell our house. Oh, same but thing. We short sold it to my, my aunt, which I know is not necessarily, um, I don't think that that was completely legit to short sell to a family. Member. Yeah, they were, they were pretty specific. Yeah, you weren't supposed were. to. <laughs> <laughs> but we did. We short sailed to my aunt, and then um, and then moved in with my parents for like three months until we found another spot. Same for us. Yeah. It was about three months. It was tough. Three months. Yeah. <laughs> Probably tougher on my parents, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. What was the worst thing for you guys? Um, well, I you know again, I was looking at all my resources to try to save the house. I was kind of an early adopter on the whole uh, 07, 08 uh, crash because we were like one of the first. We, it was 07. My mortgage company shut down overnight. And um, I literally handed over a car, told them just come pick it up, and walked away from the house. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So big time. It was big time. Um, I looked at a variety of ways to save everything. You know, looking at my, um, I had a uh, life insurance policy that I could draw from. And I looked at all these things and I said, you know what, we could do this for three years. We can just walk away. And in three years to the day, we were able to buy again. So we, we made some good decisions after the fact, once we got over the hurdle of this is what we have to do. There's no other way around it. We couldn't, we, the forbearance stuff, all the different um, government programs they put in place kind of in 08, because mm-hmm. it was getting so crazy. Right. Yeah. We were before that. So we didn't really have a lot of options. Yeah. And yeah, that, that was all very reactive. I, I think that there was a little too little too late on, on some, of that, oh, the, some of those programs. Yeah, that was tough. I mean, you saw, I mean, you saw entire neighborhoods turn. All of a sudden, it was, they were empty. You I know. know like, walked you, away. you could tell the, the lawn was just awful because oh, the water yeah. had been shut off. What about, um, did you stay in your house without paying the mortgage for a while? I didn't. Okay. No, no. Yeah. We, we, we walked away. We rented uh, for three years couple different places, had to make, you know, had to, again, we were kind of early into this and people were like, you know, what are your credit? And I'm like, well, here's what happened, you know? So there was a lot of just, you know, negotiating with people, sometimes you know, putting a little extra down, you know, yeah. there was means to do it, but we, we had to rent. Yep. And, but fortunately making good decisions during that three-year period, I knew I was going to be on my record for seven years. It was just, you know, that was going to be a fact, well, yeah. bankruptcy, foreclosure, but we did really smart things in that three-year period to make sure that we were in a position to be able to buy again. And literally three years to the day, we bought our next home. That's awesome. That's yeah. And you're in that, you're in still in that one today. Still in that one today. Yeah. 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 So. That's great. It does turn around. It's just really tough during that time. I mean, you almost forget how bad it was. So you said that the things that you did during that three-year period, like that, I think that's kind of like what we want to hone in on. What, what did you do? What did you, how did you save money or put yourself back in a better financial position yeah. at the outset. Cause I mean, right now it's not nearly as, it's not as tough as that yet. So, no. and I don't think it'll get there, but, um, because we're, I think we at least learned enough from 08 to where we're not going to get to that same bad spot. Yeah, and it's, it's not necessarily driven by the lend lending per se. Right. We have rising interest rates. We have other things that are happening right now <clears throat> that are kind of factors, but not, like weird lending practices. Yeah, exactly. And I think the biggest thing that people are feeling right now is in their their pay is not keeping up with inflation. 
Right. Like, yeah. like nobody's is. No. And so that, that then everything is more expensive to, to a person trying to make their way through life. And so that's what, that's what hurts right now. But when you were in that spot, so the, a lot of people are in a smaller version of the spot that you were in right. back then. So <clears throat> like, what are the things that you did to, to like pull up your bootstraps and, and get back in the right spot? Yeah. Well, um, you know, we had to get more than one income coming into the house. So okay. that was a start. Um, and, and that helped, but we looked to, you know, lower our costs, um, you know, cancel subscriptions, cancel things, you know, that weren't necessary. Um, you know, fortunately the kids were still in the house, so they didn't have needs outside of rent or, you know, assistance. But, um, I really looked to lower costs by where I rented. Um, I was fortunate enough to find a job in that was kind of worked with my industry and took it, but I had to commute to Orange County. Fortunately, gas prices weren't as high then, but you know, I had to take certain, um, I had to take certain steps that did cost me a little bit more, but I was making good money at the time. I would stay at my parents' house over in Orange County during that time while I was oh, working wow. there. Um, we pulled everything back. You mm-hmm. know, we were living a pretty good lifestyle in the mortgage industry in 2006, 2007. We were killing it, yeah. you know? And so handing over a car, you know, we went down to one car. We rented, you know, instead of a uh, $2,800 mortgage or $33,000 mortgage, we went down and we were paying $1,750 a month for rent. We lived in a two-bedroom with two kids, and they shared a room, you know, during nice. that period. So, you know, the, the, it was not easy, and I don't think we did everything we possibly could to, to help ourselves, but I think we were fortunate, too, like you. You know, you bought in 2010. That was an idyllic time to, to purchase something, but... Um, I had enough connections and I was able to stay active, uh, work-wise enough to get us to the next point, but we just saved, we just saved, you know, if I had to stay at my parents during the week and Carrie was at home with the kids and, you know, she was dealing with a, a job and, t- and dealing with them, getting them to school, you know, we both just struggled a little bit and we, but it was worth it. So in the three years, um, after when you went to buy another house, did you have to put 20% down? Because you, you had already had an FHA loan in the past. I was able to get another FHA loan. Yeah, that's a thing a lot of people don't know about. Yes. You can you can get an FHA loan more than once. You just can't have more than one at a time. Right. right. Yeah, so that's good. That's good. Because that's the it only is reason I was able to buy a yeah, home, too. They say it's a first-time homebuyer program. That's yep. what makes people think that, yep. that you can only get it one time. But, yeah, we were able to do it. So, cool. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really fortunate. Um, but, yeah, we, you're going to struggle. You're going to. You know, one of the things I think is important, like maybe right now to get a little ahead of it, um, I started looking at like all the different, uh, just like subscriptions we have to different media. And it was like, who watches, who Paramount? watches Paramount? Who, why do we have, <laughs> I Peacock? knew you were going to say Paramount. <laughs> yeah, why, why, do, why do we have Peacock? Yellowstone <laughs> is over. <laughs> you can watch in other places. Um, yeah. But I started looking at some of that stuff yeah. and it, you know, it adds up. Do you spend a lot on credit cards or do you, do you keep it to <clears throat> like debit cards and I keep them at 30% no matter what, even my, my kids' cards. Even back then. But you use a credit card. I do. You I use do. a credit card. What, when we were going through the three years in between purchases, no, there was no credit. Um, I think we had one through our credit union that we would just use for like gas and groceries and, and pay it off at the end of each month mm-hmm. just to make help us reestablish yeah, some level of credit. Building. The other thing too, though, once you go through a, like a filing like that, um, you can get a car offer pretty fast. You know, you can get credit card offers pretty fast. They, yeah. yeah. There's programs that they'll, the highest rates, rates are relatively high. Really, really high. But, 30% you know, they is a great That's one. That's the other thing I did though, was I, I had to reestablish, you yeah. know, so I, I did that. 
but I didn't go out and just start jacking up credit cards again. Did you use credit cards during that time? I did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we didn't use them a lot. We, we took a similar approach during that time. We, we, we did the short sale. We lived with my parents for about three months and then, uh, and then got a rental that, so we went from a, I don't know, it's like a 2,800 square foot house with our two kids to living with my parents for three months till we could find a rental and ended up in a rental that was um, like a thousand square feet for, wow. for four of us and, yeah. uh, and stayed there for like two years okay. until we, till we found another house to buy. But it was, it was similar. Like we cut, cut down on everything. Uh, credit card spending went down. We still used them uh, so that, cause we understood credit. So we still wanted to maintain good, good credit. Um, and it rebuilt our credit, but, um, but credit card spending didn't stop. Other things did. We saved a lot. We got on the Dave Ramsey bad bandwagon, uh, went through his seminar two, two or three times with different, different, with different groups of people. It didn't stick the that's first why, time. Uh, well, if you still use like, credit cards, it didn't stick. But that's why I, I, that's why I was asking about the credit cards, because you mentioned about giving up the car. That's yeah. like the entire Dave Ramsey show. It's the give up the car show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we talked about how great it would be if we didn't have credit cards. And we even went through the, the you know ceremonial act of cutting um, <laughs> almost all the credit cards. Almost all of them. Yeah. But, you uh, know what's hard now, though, is um, people can't avoid credit card spending. Yeah. You know, people who live, who are, you know, working at a, you know, minimum wage or, or higher, you know, position or, you know, average, you know, maybe 40, 50, $60,000 a year, half a, maybe have a commute. Um, you know, the cost of living has caused them to use credit. And it's hard. It's hard not yeah. to. Like what would always get us is, um, you know, you'd go to rent, rent a car or something. Right. Right. And they put a hold. If they put a hold on your debit card, it's a hold off your bank account. Right. If they put a hold on your credit card, it's not. Yeah. Same yep. with hotels and everywhere else. And so we ended up just coming back to credit cards. And now yeah. we use credit cards regularly um, because we we understand how to use them and, and how to really kind of benefit from points and other things that we we take advantage of. That's pretty of. important for yeah. people to understand is is how to how to use them. You know. Yep. Uh, Conservatively, but you know, effectively, and and the points are great too. You know, cash back on Discover, what have you. Um, but it uh, it can get out of control pretty fast. Yeah, yeah, totally. There's some because of the interest rates. There's some cards out there right now that are giving like six percent cash back, like stupid numbers. That's yeah, uh, just yeah. to get that business. Yeah. yeah. So you mentioned um, like some of the stuff, the monthly expenses you try to get rid of. What? How did you? Did you have any kind of budgeting? methods envelope system the envelope system we did the envelope system um i'm pretty i'm pretty good with spreadsheets i mean i think the important thing too is like you got to stay on top of it you you can't just put your head in the sand and be like this is awful and it you know there's were you actually doing cash we did yeah yeah Yeah, were you going in and negotiating lower payment we uh, we everything everything we did anything so i didn't do that what tell me about that what how do you you what you you go in and like we even did it at the gas station and stuff. We'd go in and we'd say, we're paying cash, not credit. Can we get a lower lower rate or lower cost? Oh, you would try to haggle the gas station. Yeah. <laughs> because they're charging you for that payment processing I've never fee. done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, I'd like uh, Arco, they have different price. They do? Yeah. yeah. 
for cash versus credit. Wow, the gas yep. station. Gas yeah. Station. yeah. So yeah. you would you would Weird. haggle. I loved <laughs> haggle everywhere. Haggle at the I grocery store. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love haggling. So <laughs> my wife would get so embarrassed, and I'd I'd be just go go right in wherever we went, everywhere. I always say, paying cash, can we get lower lower price? <laughs> <laughs> Restaurants everywhere. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all they could say is no, right? Yep. Yeah, and I probably said no a lot, huh? No, you. <laughs> well, you're right. Yeah. Milk. We did get no. We did get no a lot, but then we found consistently like places we could go and ask. Yeah, and they would do it. That's cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, especially uh, like mom and pop shops. Like they prefer you to pay cash because they don't want to pay that processing. Right. Rate. Right. Yep. So I bet. Yeah. For or, sure. Yeah. Or taxes. Or taxes. So how did the? <laughs> I'm just kidding. How did the? So how did the, the short joke, sale? Everyone joke. Just, just kidding. <laughs> just scratch kidding. that. So how did the short sale though affect you? Okay, this is <laughs> Mike's gonna make fun of me. Um, this is another lucky thing. So the the original house was on my wife's credit, and I was the one making the income at the time because we had little kids, and so we short sold the house in her name. And then we bought the next house in my name. Nice. So we were only we were only out of out of a, a purchased home for about three months. Was it a three year thing on a short sale too at the time? Yeah, but it didn't matter. Repurchase it, but it, didn't, it wouldn't matter for you. Yeah, it yeah. didn't matter. But in general, it would should. Uh, yes. It, it, yeah, yeah, that's right. It, it would have for her. Her credit was hit for three years. Yeah. Yes, but we didn't use her credit uh, for the purchase of the next home, and so it was. The, the luckiest scenario you could possibly have at Pretty that much. time. Yeah. 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 And people we, people we probably can't identify with you very yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> we, we called the bank. We said, hey, look, we want to short sell. They're like, go for it. Like, they, they were so done. I know. With, they were like, sure. Oh, yeah. we'll, we'll, take, we'll take whatever we can get. Yeah. You know? Um, they write off the difference? Or did yep. it, yeah, they, they, they did. The difference. Yeah. Yeah, they weren't. So they, yeah, sorry, sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds real hard, Rick. Yeah. <laughs> tough, tough situation. Tell me about the struggle, buddy. We were in a place where, like, we—I was not making very much money at the time. I was making enough to have three and a half percent down on FHA loan, and but we were—we lived like, just we stayed in our house and ate at home. We yeah. we did not go out to eat ever, and um, we like. It was it was actually kind of a cool time because we we have a lot of fond memories of just hanging out with the kids. Yeah, it's a little bit like COVID now. Like during COVID, dude, we had a great time yeah. as a family. We yeah. did some awesome stuff and good memories. So there, yeah, I miss COVID. <laughs> <laughs> no traffic. Yeah, you know, the like, checks would show up in the mail every so often. Yeah, it was just very odd. Um, yeah, that was a good time. That was a, a good learning experience. Um, because you learn from your parents and my in-laws are they they had good careers extremely frugal and they've lived through everything no problem so they're they were not like a learning lesson they were like something to emulate my parents are they're entrepreneurs and they've had some ups and downs so they've got a lot of good life experience that we could glean from but now now i don't know how to handle this next one yeah so my, my grandparents, you know, going through like the Great Depression and all of the things like that, they did everything like frugal. It was, I bet. they cut the sponges in half so they'd only use <laughs> half a sponge. Wow, yeah. yeah. Put water in the middle, oh, yeah. stuff like save, that. Yeah. Save everything. Yep. You know, here's a, here's a great story. Um, uh, I went to Alaska this past summer and I was looking at rental cars for the week and it was going to be like, I don't know, $1,500 or something crazy like that. Someone turned me on to Turo, and so I'm like, okay, I'll give this a shot. And so we got the car for like $600 for the week. 
It was a great savings. The great part was I get to her house to pick up the car, and there's like six cars, seven cars in their driveway. <laughs> and she's like, it's a lockbox. You just go up and around the, the porch, and there's a lockbox there, and you'll see it. And here's Is there the one code. per car? One per car. Oh, that's probably a good idea. They had six cars they were renting through huh. Turo, and they were live by the airport. And she's like, I almost don't have to work. Wow. You've made two car payments for me in one week. That's pretty awesome. And I'm like, wow, I wish I lived near an airport. Because to get to Temecula, I mean, Temecula, you know, I don't Doesn't think it would work that, no. that way here. But I'm thinking. You know, if you were in San Diego. Man, yeah, sure. what a great gig. I mean, she, think about it. I mean, $2,400 for one car if it rents out. And in Alaska during the summer, I'm sure they do. Yeah. And she had six of them. Think about that yeah. amount of money she's making just renting cars out. So now you're getting into the the idea of side income and stuff like that. Side hustle. Yeah, side hustle. Yeah. Yeah, so <clears throat> what are we going to do for this next round? I mean, I don't know how bad it's going to get, but it's going to continue. Inflation's still high. Interest rates are still high, so it's hard to get money to borrow. Right. Um, government shutdown. Government shutdown mean. sucks. And, and so we're going to – the it's going to continue to contract. So Student loan payments just started back up. <laughs> Thankfully, I'm old enough to not have one of those. Yeah. <laughs> my, my kids are going through. My daughter is, anyway. Yeah. So I said, go back to school. And so she did. Oh, so, so, so we got full deferment again. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I mean, she's like, Dad, you know, I'm not, I don't make enough. I said, go back. She didn't make enough to go to, to pay her student loan? Not, she, to, I mean, first time out of the house. Okay. You know, sharing an apartment. Got it. You know, uh, her car's paid for. You know, we've had that thing forever, but it needs work from time to time. I said, go back to school. They'll defer the payments. Yeah. And and so she's like, oh my gosh, that's right. So I'll just continue my education. And you can do that at any point in time. I mean, I, you know, if I had student loans right now, I could just say, I'm going to go back to school and just pick it. As long as you're half time or, be, or better, I think, mm -hmm. minimum of half time. I mean, those those payments were over $600 a month for her. Oh, well, that's, that's, White. Pretty, that's yeah. pretty stiff. That was stiff. Yeah, that's, that's a tough one. Yeah. One was uh, Sally Mae and the other one was uh, a private. Uh, college loan fund. So, I mean, that helped her tremendously. That yeah. was the difference between her coming home or staying there and pursuing her career. Mm -hmm. Wow. So they say $500 extra a month can change somebody's life. Certainly. And so a $600 payment every month. For just out of school. Just out of school. Mm -hmm. Kid, it yeah, was a big deal. Very impactful. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's another thing to think about if you're carrying student loans and they won't work with you or, yeah. you know, they, the payment's kicked up again, you know. There's so many online. I mean, she takes it online, too. Yeah. It's not like she has to go anywhere. So she does it at night on the weekends, and she just removed $600 from her budget. I like that comment, the 500 bucks, 500 a month, because um, there's got to be a lot of side hustles. I, I like the idea of trying to find a way to make more money during these types of times, like getting a, a second job or a side hustle or... You know, if you can invest, if you have the means to invest so that you can make money off of your investment, that's great. Because it's this weird, the the concept of a recession is this weird, vicious cycle where people, the consumer confidence goes down. And so then they stop spending money. But the fact of the matter is, is like two thirds of the GDP is consumer spending. Right. And so then that when they stop spending money, then the GDP goes down and it makes a worse recession and it's this total cycle. So I, and you can't control what other people are going to do. So you have to do what's right for you and your family ultimately. But I love the idea of trying to find a way 
like think of it as a revenue problem instead of so much of a of, a, of an expense problem. Like how can I get more revenue into me and my family? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think that that side job. Who knows what it is, what what the right one is for people? But I like the side job idea. Yeah, well, I mean, your comment on investing in this time, a lot of people will, will pull back on investing during this time because they want to hold on to their money. But the recession will be over. Yes. And right now is a good time with dips in, in stocks and other things to take advantage of that and get some things at a, at a good price if you have the ability to do that right now. And then you're going to benefit from it when we when we pull out of the recession. So, right. If you can, if you can, <laughs> if you can, yeah, I if mean, you can, yeah. A lot of people are trying to pay their bills. They are. Yeah. 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 And hopefully not using credit cards to do it. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I think that, I think that's where, that's people, the problem. Get, that's where people get, <laughs> that's why credit card out. balances have skyrocketed over the past few months, yeah, which is sure. Have. Yeah. yeah I think good. it's just a matter of trying to figure out a way to just take care of your own, you know, I mean, just, just make sure what you have, your bubble is, is, taken care of to try not to worry about, you know, exterior influences and things like that. But, you know, take really look inward at what are we spending things on, you know, and we don't eat out much. I mean, we love to cook at home. So, you know, groceries are now a lot more expensive than they used to be. So, I mean, it's still cheaper than going out. I mean, mm-hmm. the, especially in California, they've, the, um, minimum wage, uh, issue that's going on, you know, people are paying, you know, going to lunch at McDonald's for paying 16 bucks, you know, almost paying an hourly wage for an employee, you know, just yourself. So, you know, think about your behaviors too, about, you know, I know a lot of people who eat out four or five, six times a week. And to me, that's insane. That's a huge one right there. Eating out. It's huge. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's so easy to do and, and cost of things are so much higher now. And then you're, you know, tipping is, you know, now commensurate with the cost of things. Now it's just, everything costs more, you know, mm-hmm. it's just easier to your point. You know, you make some, you cook food at home, you get to hang out with the family, you know, see how everybody's day was and, you know, spend a little time mm-hmm. and you're not out, you know, fighting traffic and waiting in, in lines or spending money. So you guys know much about what's going on with the, the auto strike? No. Auto industry where all of the auto workers are striking right now to get a, a higher wage. They came to a deal with some of the, uh, like I think with GM, GM finally came to a deal with, mm-hmm. with the auto workers, but it's to get salary increases of up to like 40%. Wow. So how will that type of thing wow. impact? Like this, the strike itself, I think I read will have it, if it goes on long enough, could have a, like a 0.2% impact to uh, the GDP, which is still significant. That's a very wow. significant. Right. Wow. Uh, but now 40% increase to workers that's going to, that's going to translate into cost increases to consumer. Right. Right. Somehow. Cause they're not going to just take a hit. Well, yeah, they're going to pass it through. And then they also have to increase production to, uh, I think to comply with that, that regulation, the 2035 regulation on building their electric vehicles. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're ha- going to have to try to compete with Tesla, um, to be able to do it profitably and efficiently. So, I mean, just the auto industry itself, do you feel like that could have a big enough impact to to drive the recession further down the rabbit hole or or help it? I think it's one of many factors. Like, yeah, I think it's it's negative. If if I'm at forty percent, that's that's crazy. I know. 
Yeah, have they a, been have they been like the last decade no increases? Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> well, they the, the agreement that uh, one of them came to was 33 percent right wow. now. So there there was an agreement on that. Man, I'm in the wrong industry. I know. Clearly, <laughs> well, maybe Clearly. not. Start building not, cars. not if you yeah. didn't get a yeah exactly. yeah <laughs> a weight increase. Yeah. That's that's incredible. Well, you wonder what happens. It's happening to um, you know parts companies too. You know all the suppliers, the whole supply chain of. Uh, has probably been slowed considerably if they've been on strike this long. Yeah. But just the downstream effects of those kind of things is, is crazy. Yeah, I mean, if if there's the time period of the strike that creates less cars available, then, then the supply goes down, so prices would go up. And, um, I mean, for no other reason than just that the supply... The increase in wage is not going to get translated into more... More production or yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. innovation. We're within, not going to get anything yeah. for that. No, right. those families will. They will. Um, well, I mean, I don't this... know what the percentage of total cost that the wages are to a vehicle. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't either. So that's a good question. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if it if it increased the cost of a car by forty percent, obviously that's a gigantic increase. But who, if it was only if it started out as ten percent. Of the of the total cost of the car, then it's not nearly as much. Yeah, you're impact. saying if it just decreases the margin. Yeah, just decreases the margin some, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, but I mean, it's it is one of the biggest industries, right? So it is. Yeah, it will it will absolutely affect us. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, that was a side tangent. I, yeah, I, I kind of popped, <laughs> it just popped, popped into your yeah. head. <laughs> in head. Uh, I mean, it is a uh, like this sort of microcosm, though, uh, of the the overall issue, because with the auto workers, a lot of them have good pensions, and you know, more power to them for that. But it, it turns into the companies are paying for a whole bunch of employees that are no longer adding value to the company. That was one of the arguments is that they did away with the pension, I guess, some right. time ago. They and did. they put in place like this two wage system. And so they're what they're pushing for is to try to reestablish pension. And that's tough though. Yeah. It, it's tough for an industry to, to last with the concept of pensions. Right. Because the, the pensions are, are very expensive when <clears throat> over time. When, and I know they're, I mean, they're putting money into it and they're investing. And, and so right. Hopefully that all that all it all evens out, <laughs> you know. Like we we should hope for Social Security to just right, right. continue yeah. to even out. <laughs> Whenever I see a, any that? retired friends here, they're like, "Hey, just keep paying that Social Security, buddy. <laughs> you still contributing?" <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. So I mean, you're pretty close, right? <laughs> <laughs> we gave it away. <laughs> well. <laughs> Closer than you. Not, not, by, like not by much. Six months <laughs> by a year. Yeah, at the most. I don't know. We'll have to see how things go. But I'm, I'm, I'm shooting it's like for... Only uh, slightly more gray than us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You'd be so lucky. I know. <laughs> yeah. No, I, well, that's... A, I mean, it's funny, but we, my wife and I, we started looking at it. It's like, I'm looking at my 401k through the company right now. I'm looking at... Um, my, some personal investments, I don't have a ton. And then I'm looking at social security and, you know, you move that little slide and like, okay, if I go to 65, what do I get? 67, yeah. what do I get? You know, and the jump's incredible, you know, forcing people to work later into life, obviously. But, um, yeah, we've started to look at it. Well, you should be looking at it. Meaning we have looked at it in the past, but now I'm really looking at it and like looking at, okay, what does this mean on a monthly basis? What does this mean as far as where are we going to live in retirement? 
yeah. as well. And know? where are, because I mean, you're close with your kids. So where are right. your kids going to be? Right. And how are you going to have the means to be able to see your kids? Are you going to try and live next to them? I, I, that's what I think about a lot yeah. because I, I don't, I hope my kids end up in the same place, but I don't know. I don't know if they you, will. I don't know. I my mean, sister lives in Texas. Like my dad yeah. has to be able, my parents, they have to travel out to see her. Yeah. Or, or her come here. Yeah, that's, so, I mean, that's, that's not that's expensive. It's not what you envision either. You know, you want to be somewhat close enough yeah. to you know if the grandkids are and so forth. So, yeah, mine. I've got one. You know, seven hour drive away, and the other one is you know still close by, but wow. finishing up school, and who knows where the heck he's going to go. Yeah, you know. So traveling to be with your family could get expensive in retirement. Yeah, yeah. 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 The good news is you'll have a lot more time. So you could take yes. a, you could take a train. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, horse and buggy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't you don't have to worry about it. You know, just, yeah, that's just cramming it in over a weekend. So. That is a good budget friendly form of transportation. I, you know what? And I, I've taken the train in in my youth when yeah. I was going places, and I had a great time on the trains. Oh man, yeah. I wish there was a train on the 15 freeway. Oh, on no our kidding. freeway, it would be so good. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. Okay. it's no. not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> no. They'll just keep widening it. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do you guys think? Uh, like, talk, just going back to side hustle. Um, what do you feel like the maybe the top three side hustle gigs that you would uh, Uber, Lyft, Instacart. Um, you know, my daughter was she's like, yeah, I just went out and did some Instacarting for you know the last two hours. You know, made sixty bucks. You feel like uh, COVID really was a catalyst for some of those online. It was a definite springboard for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, people stay remote home. work. Remote yeah. work. Oh yeah. I mean, people are trying to do Amazon drop shipping. They're trying to, you know, become affiliate marketers. Yeah. And that's, I think that all those things are awesome. Go, yeah. you should, everybody who is trying to figure out a side hustle should, and the, the information to be able to do that stuff is out there. You should, and, and it's free. I don't think you don't have to pay a guru to figure it out. Like, like, do your own research and, and figure it out. Um, but I, I think that those I, Uber Lyft is a great thing to start. Yeah. Right away. Yep. Uber and, e- Lyft, and easy. DoorDash. Those are easy else. to start. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, so what are some of the things that are maybe a little, little further down the road? Virtual assistant, transcribing. Is transcribing medical still billing? Thing? People still do that. I think they do. <laughs> are you sure? You're showing your age a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> I know medical billing still there. Yeah, medical, medical billing. I mean, for sure. and they make they make really pretty good money actually. What do you do as a person working from home as a medical biller? You get you handle all the invoicing and you know chasing down you know claims and oh, so they, you're kind of like the collections department. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're doing the books and chasing people down and you know making phone calls. It's just like somebody who does it in house. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, like yeah. So you just perform that function um i you know that's a great point though i mean virtual assistant uh-huh. that's big right now that's really big i mean people just you know being a uh, answering the phone from home you can tell when you call certain companies they're home oh yeah these people are at home answering that phone and in a lot of cases they're college educated people who need flexible hours yeah and and they're like very good and so like i think that that's a a, a good a really good idea is and that's easy to find. You yep. go Google that, and you'll find a lot of places offering that. Mm-hmm. And you know, it may not be the the income you're looking for, but think about the cost you're giving up. I'm not commuting. 
uh, you know, time on the freeway, time away from home, gas, oh, yeah. maintenance on the car. You know, there's some intangibles there. Well, I guess some more tangibles that, you know, you have to factor in when you're taking on, you know, some job like that. Do you, do you ever find it weird when the dog's barking in the background and they're asking you for your social security number, <laughs> your credit card number? Yeah. I go ahead and say no thanks. Not <laughs> since COVID. Before but, COVID, absolutely. That would have been very strange. Oh, I know. I mean, yeah. people are always apologizing, like hearing their kids and stuff. I'm so sorry. I'm like, hey, it's just kind of the times. Like, it's okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. As long as it reminds you're... me of one of the people we used to work with who she would work from home well, well before COVID and... She would, she would walk, say goodbye to her kids, walk out the front door, sneak around the back, and go oh into her God. office. That's <laughs> hysterical. Because the kids would freak out. Yeah. They wanted, they didn't want her to leave, um, so she had to be like this official process. <laughs> <laughs> but you were talking about the the different jobs. There yeah. are like platforms, kind of like a ZipRecruiter or LinkedIn or whatever, that are dedicated to um, to people who need flexible hours and work from home. So it, there's the whole marketplaces out there. There's all yeah. sorts of things. So it, it, I think like there's the ones that we see because we see the advertisements for them, but there's, there's all sorts of flexible work out there um, that could fit different skill sets. So I mean, know, it's definitely worth the research. The other thing you can do too is, you, you know, you could just move to another state where the cost of living's better and just tell your employer that you're going to be doing so. <laughs> and, and, and all of a sudden, you know, you, maybe your earnings uh, are different uh, because you're coming from a state with higher higher earnings. This is called foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, 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 but there are just uh, there's a lot to think about. You know, where in the world is Darren Rada? <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere that doesn't have California state income tax. That's right. That's right. But that, I mean, but that's something to think about too. I mean, I mean we talked about you know, getting close to retirement as as you are. That uh, you know, look at the states that offer the best retirement living. You know, especially if you're military too. I mean, yeah. it, there's very good states to retire in that will not tax any of your retirement income. Um, and actually, if you're military, you even have other benefits associated with it. So, yep. you know, that's a big factor too when you're th- looking towards how am I going to survive today and the future is, okay, maybe, you know, relocation is not a bad idea. Taking some of the assets you have today and, and converting them into a more sustainable, a longer term uh situation for yourself and your family. Yeah. One of the things like this is that I would want to make sure and get out for this type of thing is the most important thing is to start looking at one's finances because you don't, if something can't be measured, it can't be improved. And, and so just the act of, of being on top of your finances and knowing exactly where your money is going in and out is the first step to, to making improvements. And Yep. So whether you do it on a piece of paper because it's comfortable for you or you make a spreadsheet or you use some, you know, uh, budgeting platform like creditanddebt.org, whatever the case may be, I think that, that just the act of looking and starting to really pay attention. And you, you mentioned it earlier, don't put your head in the sand. Like you got to face the hard truth yep. that you need to find a way to spend less money and hopefully find a way to make a little bit more. But the, you can't do that until you start looking. You just got to you got to face it. And, and that, yeah. it's hard. It's it really, is, really hard. It is hard. Uh, um, but I, I think that that is like by far the most important thing, because I know so yeah. many people who just they don't even know. It, and there have been times when 
you know, I'd be spending money and she'd be spending money and we both would just not want to know, not want to call each other on it because that would cause me to have to stop spending money too. Right. You know, <laughs> and I kind of was enjoying spending money. So I didn't call her on her spending money. <laughs> and next thing you know, we're both spending way too much money and you know, that's not the right way to do it. Do you remember going through like before all of the, uh, the online shopping and, and everything when you were still using a checkbook and, and writing down every expense in your checkbook and you, I, like we knew down to the penny. <laughs> Because you know how everything. to balance a checkbook. Yeah, everything. Yeah, that's like such a foreign concept anymore. Yeah, yeah. My my wife leverage leverage. She, she <laughs> would always <laughs> exactly. There's too, too many, many transactions. transactions. But you can download a CSV of your. <laughs> yeah. You could, but it makes it too easy then. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Well, coming home and seeing all those boxes at the front door all the time, it's like, what are we doing? I think so, sometimes the hard things are better. Yes. Having to do the hard. Yeah, balancing a checkbook yeah. is a very good yeah. activity. Yeah. 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 So. As we kind of wrap up, what do you guys, um, what do you think maybe the top three things are that you'd give advice to somebody that's facing the recession? We don't want people to freak out. There's right. no, you know, people shouldn't freak out with the word recession. Um, but really what it comes down to are what? What are the kind of the top three things? I think what the, the last topic that Rick mentioned is just you know, face it, you know, look at it. Decide what's important. You know, where can we cut? You might be surprised as to you could cut here and there and end up with five hundred extra dollars a month. Mm-hmm. You know, very easily. But I think I think that's one of the biggest takeaways is just you, you got to face it. You got to look at it. Pull that CSV file. Yeah. Sort it. See what your where your where your money's going each month. You know, and if you can affect that, and then start looking more often. Right. You know, more weekly. So what if you don't know anything about finances? You know nothing about like. You haven't been taught much. You're and I would say have try to have one bank account mm-hmm. and maybe one credit card if you think you can uh, manage it. But restrict yourself so that you don't have so many options to spend. Um, and it's easier to keep track of. And when I say keep track, it's just like, you know, a, you could just know what how much money you have in your bank. Like that. Maybe that's maybe that's the first place to start. Would you guys recommend maybe milestones? Uh you know, keeping a, an emergency fund and not not dipping into that unless it's 100% an emergency. Like, what would you think is the right amount of money for someone to keep in the bank? If possible, at least three months worth of a li- cost of living. Yep. If possible. that's. I think that's really tough. I think yep. the first thing to do when, when times are really hard is to get $1,000, right? Yep. And maybe that number is not enough now because of inflation over the, the past few years. But have a thousand dollars in in some level of emergency fund, mm-hmm. just because a thousand can cover a fair amount of right. emergencies, and then hopefully you can gradually get to the concept of having you know maybe two three months uh, of cost of living. Yep. But yeah, like you need something to where if your car breaks down and you can't get to work, you got to be able to pay for to to get your car going again. Yep. You know, I think that that's probably the best example is. Because if your car breaks down and you can't pay for it and you can't get to work, it's only good. Things are only going to get worse. It's going to get worse. Yeah, because then that's when you pull the credit card out, and then that's when you end up spending more than you have, and you get into even more more problems and trouble. Yeah, Yeah. I know that credit unions um, in general seem to have better, maybe better lending practices than non-credit unions. Um, We've just had a lot of luck, even in hard times, with our credit union. 
where, you know, hey, we just, we need to skip a, a car payment this month to get us back on track. They would do it, you know, another, other bank. I just know that credit unions have been a little bit more favorable when it comes to helping you out as a member than um, the other institutions have. And just if I could skip both of my car payments, you know, one this month, maybe one the other car next month. Now all of a sudden I'm sitting on six hundred more dollars than I had before, and there's no impact to me or my credit. I think that's a great point that not a lot of people know you can do. You can call your your creditor and you can defer. You yeah. can defer a payment. Um, a lot of them will will allow you to do this, and they just end up moving it to the end. It's not right. the best thing, but if if it's between you and groceries. Or that and paying that in groceries, or not paying that and impacting your credit long term. Right. Then call your creditor. Absolutely. That is one thing that I think don't has be afraid for them. the better. Yeah. Since COVID, is a lot of the creditors have uh, there's they all have like specific programs for that. Yeah. So yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, you got to think of your life kind of as a business. I may I'm my life I'm running my life as a business. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm I'm going to manage the vendors that I'm working with in a certain way. And so I'm going to give them a call. I'm going to work this out and you can't be afraid of them. I think that's the big thing is people are always afraid of the creditors. Like they're the bad guy and they may become the bad guy when they're coming after you. But if you're trying to legitimately work with them and call them and say, listen, this is the deal. Um, I'm going to need to defer a payment. Um, then they will work with you. I think people would be surprised Yeah, how much yeah. they would work with you. And, and for some, you know, that extra, you know, skipping a car payment, that's a big deal. Yep. I mean, that, and think about the, the physical and emotional and the stress it's placed on you during these times too. If you can make a phone call and get a car payment deferred, you get to breathe again for oh, another yeah. week or two, you know, um, which, which is good because that affects your life, your work, everything else when you're just constantly stressed out about money. Yep. Wow, that was a great episode. If you enjoyed this and want more, make sure to hit that subscribe button so you won't miss out on future topics. Follow us on all your favorite social platforms for bonus content and behind the scenes fun. Thanks for joining us on this journey towards financial empowerment. Until next time, stay tuned, stay sappy, and see you next time on IDIQ Labs.